And Shakima, we're going to do a women's Bible study group, and I had to get the resolution for women. Right. And while I was up there, I said, I think David said, and you said, it was sci-fi, and I like sci-fi. So it was up there, and I got it, and I started reading it at lunchtime on my lunch break. Mm -hmm. And I really like it. Interesting. Why? I always buy books from by black authors. I try to support my black authors. Okay. You know, I do. I normally get, um, we have them here. Mm-hmm. So my, um, actually one of the partners of the firm, his wife wrote a book and it's been published. And she wrote it about two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. She probably wrote it, but it was published about two or three years ago. And oh. I actually bought the book. It was Good. She's working on a sequel now. What is it, a novel, like fiction? Yeah, it's a Christian-based novel. Hers was. Okay, okay. And I know another girl who wrote a book, and I got her book. I I support black authors. Mm-hmm. Since the book is good, I don't mind, you know, I'm, I'm a reader. Right. So I read just about anything. <laughs> So I saw and I and I started reading it and I was like, oh okay. So now I couldn't put it down at lunchtime because then my little wheels start clicking and I'm trying to figure out who did you know what happened? Did this guy really you know is it his lab assistants run around killing you know killing the people? And so I'm kind of excited. Hmm. I just want to let you know I did. It's very good. I started to write the sequel, but eh, I don't know. I, I guess I... It's best well, don't I tell just... me. I haven't finished. Oh, well, I wasn't going to tell you the the, uh, <laughs> the end of the story, but I was going to write a sequel, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'll just leave it as a standalone. Okay, so how many have you done? How many uh, books? I have... Wait a minute. Let me, let me count on my fingers. At Hunter's Moon, Accumulation. Yeah, I have about four so far. Oh, okay, because I only remember you mentioning the Hunter's Moon. Oh, yeah, I, that was the one that, um, uh, because when I mentioned it, this was last, well, I think it was, yeah, it was last year, and I was working on something else at the time, and it wasn't finished, so um, that was the only one that was finished and was actually published, so I just decided to just mention that one. But, um, yeah, I have some books out now, you know, that, that I was working on a series called The Great Tribulation. That's done, well, not the series, but two books out of the, the, the three is, is, well, two books out of the trilogy is done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm right now I was working on another one uh, called uh, Eye of Chorus, and I'm not going to tell you what that's about yet. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. So yeah. the other ones, are they on Amazon too? Yeah, they're, they're on Amazon. Okay. Well, you're going to have to make sure you shoot me the names of them. So I, when I finish this one, you know, I'll look into I mean, because it's actually good. If it wasn't, I wouldn't have, you know, because I bought actual books and I only bought one by a black author that I couldn't get past the first page. That's mm-hmm. how, but 
all the rest of them, oh, they've been good reads. I, I mean, I really enjoy. You couldn't get past the first page. Was it uh-uh. that terrible? It was that, and I thought it was just me, so I kept trying to read it, and it just didn't, I don't know what it was. I, I, I just couldn't. I I just couldn't get past the first page. Hmm. And so I put it down and I tried again. Then somebody else had bought it, but they told me they had the same problem. It was not very good. I it was just like I don't know. I I, I didn't consider it a maybe I didn't consider it was a novel. I don't know. He said it was a novel, but it just looked like me was just just like you put one and then you put some, then he had number two and he wrote some, then number three and he wrote some. It was not a novel, so mm-hmm. I don't know. He said it was, but I don't know. Hmm. Well, well, but that I'll, was uh, one. But the other books I've read, they've been they've been very good. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you're next to your you're, you're near your computer, but. I'll send you the uh, okay. I got my tab near me. Oh okay. Oh, okay. I'll just send you the link to the other book that I that I did. Oh okay. Yes, I am actually reading it. I I didn't know that. I didn't know you even bought my books. I was just wondering, like, man, nobody's gonna buy any of my books, and the publisher's gonna kick me to the curb, and no, it's. See, when I was talking, I got the books, and I was I was telling my um my coworker when we were sitting at lunch, and I said this book is actually good. And the thing is, it re- and I was telling him, I said from what I'm reading so far, I've read about I'm on like the 49th page. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could see this being on sci-fi, on a sci-fi mm-hmm. a sci-fi movie. Mhm. And um he was like, "For real?" I said, "Yes." I said because of the way it is. I like that kind of stuff. Hmm. Okay. All right. And so when I was telling him about it, he was like, "Oh, babe, you like that kind of stuff cuz you'll read just about anything." Because you know, I I I try to because I know it's someone's work. There was mm-hmm. a it's it's a girl here. She um she she was born here. Her name Nikki Turner, mm-hmm. and she wrote a lot of books. And they were books that the, the <laughs> I understood because she was like from the projects, and it was like oh my gracious, the words that were used. But she was actually a very good author. Is mm-hmm. you know I could have you know I'm reading I could have did without the cur- the curse words, but <laughs> she was very good. She sold a lot of books. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, and and she was on the TV and everything, and she was from Richmond, so I I buy a lot of books. Hmm. So I guess Richmond must be the place to be, huh, as far as, you know, writers are concerned. It's a lot of them here. Yes, they are. And most of the time, I mean, you'd be surprised how many writers they have here. 
And I try to, like I said, support them. Mm-hmm. No. Interesting. I try to support them. And that's, that's what you do because my, um, the partner, when his wife wrote her book, I mean, he was letting everybody know. And I was like, okay. And everybody, I bought the book. And mm-hmm. after I bought her book and read it, I was like, this girl is awesome. So mm-hmm. I was telling other people about it. They were buying like two and three copies and everything. They were like, you know, using them for little book clubs and everything. So, I mean, someone will buy your book. Don't believe me. Just keep doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to, you know, give up. You know, this has always been my dream to do this. And um, so, uh, you know, it just took me a while to get to where I am even now. Uh, But it was just a lot of hard work and a lot of, you know, other things that I had to deal with. And I can only remember the first time uh, I came out with an actual book. This was in 2005. And I was like, okay. But the, the, the publisher that I was dealing with was not legitimate. So I had to ask for my, my rights back. And I was back to where I started. And then when I discovered Solstice Publishing, which is an independent uh, publisher that I'm dealing with now, you know, they're a whole lot different than, you know, the other publisher, Publish America, who's now under the new name American Star Books. Uh, they're, you know, they're totally different. They um, conduct interviews. Well, not interviews in the sense of, like, well, yeah, interviews, but on, like, Twitter. I, I had two inter- author chats with the publisher on Twitter. I've had... Um, uh, let's see. I've had my book um, promoted on YouTube by the public, by by them. Okay. And I have, you know, they they've edited my my work. You know, well, actually, it wasn't just them, but they would kind of edit the manuscript and then send the manuscript back, and then I would finish off of, you know, what they started and then send it back to them. They would check it over to see if everything was, you know, straightened out and up to par. And then after that, then they would send it back to, they would send it to uh, the proofreader and then the manuscript would be proofread. And then um, I would have to, you know, how books are made, you know, you you have to send it to a cover artist and then they draw an appropriate cover for the book, and then it goes into uh, production, and then, you know, out comes the novel. The novel was published after that, but they did exactly what they said they were going to do. It wasn't a lot of nonsense. It wasn't a lot of, you know, Rick and Maru. I mean, you know, I guess I'm just starting out, so uh, I don't know. The money isn't all that up to par yet. I don't even think I made $10 yet, because... <laughs> You don't know, I, I, say that. I'm sorry. I said, don't say that. Oh well, I mean, at first I didn't have too many people buying anything, buying any of my books. I, I just didn't have that until Did you now. Have, um, doing book signings. I'm trying to do that now. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do that now. That's what 
my coworker, well, the partner, his wife did. And mm-hmm. what she did was had a book signing at, like, the mall. Mm-hmm. And everybody came up there, and that's how she actually sold. She actually keeps copies. You know, she since you know, the publisher or whatever has something, then she has so many. And she was selling them, you know, because I got hers. I didn't have to go to Amazon to get hers because she said, when I asked, he said, well, my wife has copies at home. So she signed it and gave it to me, and I, you know, gave him the money for it. And that's how she did. She actually went out there and pushed it. Mm-hmm. And that may be something because the book is good. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is like a mall or something, do a book signing, and that's what most of them do here. Because we got so many malls, they get with it and they do a little book signing, and people come there, they sign a book, and they buy the book. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we have a lot of malls here, too. I don't know. I guess maybe. You know, I'm, I'm just surprised because I, I haven't really met a lot of writers here. I, I met a lot of, well, there were some poets that were here, but, you know, people that wrote poetry and all that, but not necessarily novelists. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, they have them here because hmm. I bought, a, you know, a few books from the black from black authors here. That's cool. And some of them wouldn't have it. We used to have something here. We didn't have it this time because of the rain. It's called like a two street festival. Mm-hmm. And some of those authors would walk down the street. They would have their, what's their little pulley cart with them or their little, you know, little, little small suitcase on wheels. And they were selling, letting everybody give them, showing their card, mm-hmm. um, letting you look at their books. They were selling the books right there. Mm-hmm. A lot of them did that. And a lot of people bought the books. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that might be something you want to look into, do a little book signing so you can sell the book. Yeah, I'm going to probably have to, well, I, I'm trying to do that, you know. Um, I want to actually do that and just um, try to do that at a, I don't know, at a, a library or at a yeah mall or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to try to do. <laughs> or you could do like a launch party or something if you if they have little like cheap little hotel rooms or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's like a little room and you have a table in there, and you can have little cupcakes or something, snacks, and let everybody know, and they come there and you talk about your books and they buy them there. Mhm. A lot of little things. Yeah, it's another option. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's, it's it's I enjoy. If if I didn't, if I didn't like it, I probably wouldn't have told you I bought it. No. <laughs> I would not have mentioned it at all. But it's it's very good. Hmm. So what page good. are you on? Huh? What page are you on? I am on actually. Um, I finished page forty nine, so I'm starting chapter five. Mm-hmm. And that'll be page fifty. Oh, okay. But I, like I said, I read the uh, first, most of the first 
pages out, first, you know, 40-some pages at work. Hmm. I and never would have known that you bought that. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you think, I, oh, you don't think people interested? You don't think Christian people read sci-fi or watch sci-fi or? Not too many. Some do, but, you know, not too many read science fiction because they think that some of it is, you know, demonic or satanic, so they they pretty much stay away from it. You know, I had one woman tell me that I shouldn't be writing it at all. At first, when I told her what it was about, the book that you have purchased, she said that it was interesting. And then as we decided, as we started talking and things of that sort, she kind of changed her tune and said that it wasn't, you know, because she had some type of an experience, she used to think that she was a vampire and all this stuff when she was younger, and and mm. so uh, she ended up having a visitation. And so, you know, when she then she tells me when she saw the uh, the book cover, she had another visit, visitation, or it, it reminded her of something, and so she decided, you know, I, I can't be bothered because I don't want to go back down that road anymore. Well, it looks like the book cover. What are the sales? Uh, it's it's they're viruses. Viruses, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I thought the cover was awesome. Mhm. I saw whoever came up with it. We were looking at it and said well, they did a good job on the cover. I picked it out, um, and they just did it from you know they pretty much drew it you know just went from there. No, I read. I understand. I guess it takes a different type of mind, but I understand when you read. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> it's a book. So I actually watch that. You know, a lot of people. Some things I watch, or some people might not watch. Mm-hmm. I like the Sci-Fi Channel. I like stuff called Shocknado that comes on the Sci-Fi Channel. Not too many people might watch shocks flying and around in the air, but it's, I, it's, it's to me, it's just entertainment. Some of it, so I, I, I like that kind of. I like reading. I like reading all types of books. That's I like. Cool. I like sci-fi. It, it doesn't matter. All the ones I have a hard time is the ones that is if it's more a lot of cursing and it's more sexual in nature. Most of that you, I can't. You know, I gotta. I'm I'm more into. I gotta have a plot and a theme. Right. <laughs> you understand? I just can't read about somebody, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay, when are they going, what, what's the story about? So that's the way my mind works. So that's why I like those type of books. Yeah, I, I can't read anything that doesn't have a plot. It's just a bunch of gratuitous violence and all that other stuff. Right. It has to, and that's the they, they said. Well, how can I say? Well, it has to have a plot in the thing. I got to know where it's going. Mm-hmm. And then I can read it. I can't read it like you say if it's just no. It, it's just there, and they're just like you said, bunch of violence, and you don't even know why. Yeah, so, you're like, okay, well, why are they killing each other? Yeah. Well, they're just killing each other. You know, they're just knocking them off one by one. But why? 
I don't know, is is murdering people. Mm-hmm. Is he evil? Is he is 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 the goal that that you know to, to collect bodies so that he can start a? Re- why why is he doing that? Yeah, I've always been like uh, used to like like Agatha Christie, the little novels. That I used to read. I used to just like a lot of different things. I like read. Mhm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, uh, I don't think anybody else is on right now. So I guess it's probably going to be me and you tonight. <laughs> Oh my gracious! They probably forgot. I don't know. I don't. That's I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This kind of messed up. Uh, I was going to just open it up for a uh, a question and answer thing. I Man, make it- I had qu- I did have a question I wanted to ask. I wanted, you know, I'll say that for another time that we could discuss, because I noticed sometimes I see it a, a lot of uh, stuff posted about the question I wanted to ask, so mm-hmm. I wanted to get everybody's take on it. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, is is that, and I don't want to complain, but I, I think the thing is, is that people are just not really interested in connecting too much now they may be doing it, you know, and we're not knowing about it, but you know they're they're, they're going to stay off the the radar pretty much. You mean so the ones that are dating? Well, the ones that are if they're dating, then you know I'm not really talking about them, but the ones that aren't dating, they're not going to really do too much because you know their lives are centered around. Well, I don't want to say centered around them, but their lives are centered around work. And, you know, once they come home from work, then they don't want to be bothered with anything else. And so, I don't know. I, I guess, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to keep the, the conference call up too much because, you know, it, it kind of doesn't, you know... Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't really mesh with a lot of people's schedules. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Well, I, sometimes, yeah, that may be it, or sometimes they forget, or sometimes, you're right, they may have a certain routine. Like we had talked about that, sometimes people are, a lot of us are single because we don't want to make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. To do certain things, so you, you have to learn to be to sacrifice and not being selfish in order to be involved. And some people, I guess, they have become complacent. I guess in their routines. Well, the thing is, is, is a lot of individualism. We don't want to share our lives with anybody. Sure, we say that. Hey, I'm looking for. I have a desire to be with somebody, but having a desire, it's like I have a desire to eat. If you don't eat, then you're going to starve to death. Right. So it's sort of kind of like the same thing. I can tell you that I have a desire to get married, but what am I doing about it? Am I meeting people? Am I 
going, it, you know, I got to take the initiative. And, 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 and again, I'm not saying that this is true for everybody or even anyone in the room, but I'm just saying that we have said on numerous occasions that, oh, I want to be with someone and I'm praying and I'm meet my Boaz and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. But you've been saying that, what, 10 years, 15 years? And you say, well, I really, I'm, I want to be married, but I don't, just don't have the time. I got to work, 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 work. Well, what are you working? I mean, are you working 90 hours a day? Well, that's just some of them. Now, some of them, now, I can't say. Now, the ones, there's some like me. We, we've been single, I want to say seven or eight years, but that's because when you first get divorced, you're not looking for nobody right away. Well, no, you're not. So it takes you sometimes years to get yourself where you need to be and, you know, dealing with if you got kids or just trying to, if, if you know, left you in debt, trying to get out of debt. And so your focus is on that as opposed to dating. And I'm, and I'm, and the, what I'm hearing, I think, from some of the women, a lot of them have not, they're just like me, have only seriously considered dating or said they're ready to date in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they've been dating, you know, You know, they've been trying to date for the past seven years. No. Most of them, they're probably only seriously been looking or seriously considering or say they're actually ready for a relationship in the last two or three years. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. See, yeah. sometimes you also the ones that single, you don't know how long they actually been out of relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think one girl was saying one guy. He was in the group, and then she find out, oh, well, you know, we we are having problems. And like this one guy that I met in the group, now, he he tells me that, oh, okay, he's single, he ready, but he just broke up with his girlfriend in in May. Hmm. You you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in May, and then it's like you you started, me and him started talking in July. That's less than a couple of months. How can you be out of that relationship? So how you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How can you be ready in a couple of months? Mm-hmm. And if you said you had a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's a... It depends too. That you you would have to actually the person that you're actually talking to or want to talk, you would have to have some serious conversation. Mm-hmm. Find out how long they've been single. Because <laughs> some of them will tell you, "Oh, we uh, I've been single since yesterday." Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a lot. So I can say, you know, in defense of some, now I don't know about all, but I can say in defense of some, some of them just probably start dating like I did in the last two or three years. 
said it. It was actually, I'm actually ready. Well, I'm not saying all of them are, but I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just like, and that's why I stopped bothering because um, it, it, nowadays, you know, it's just too much individualism. You're not, I, you, like I said, the first time we started doing the conference call, and you know, I people were saying that I was hurt and this, that, and the other. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not hurt. I'm just saying that rather than for me to keep going through the same thing over and over again, I might as well stop now while I'm young so I won't have to keep going through this. And then by the time I'm 50, then I'm not bitter. You know, I'm not bitter. I'm not, you know, I don't have all these problems. I'm not writing books talking about how terrible women are. You know, I'm just going to back out now, save my sanity, and then watch relationships from the outside. You know, that way I can, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I can just talk about them, you know, but I'm not, I don't want to get involved because people are just too finicky. They're they're too fickle. You know, you don't know. They're up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. One minute they're saying they like you. The next minute they're saying can't stand you. The one minute they're saying, well, yeah, you're a nice guy and you're intelligent, but, okay, I haven't heard from you in two months. So... You know, all this other stuff, you, you, all you're doing now is patronizing me. You're not really telling, you, you're pretty much telling me what I want to hear so I won't focus on what you're not doing. And relationships now are just predicated. See, people, there's so many dysfunctional families people are coming home, they're, they're, they're growing up in, they've grown up in, that they don't really recognize good people. So if they don't recognize good people, then... They're going to be attracted to the other side. That's and, true. I'm sorry. I said that's true. So um, now I'm just going to because we're in the fatherless generation. Every every person, every adult that you see from 18 up to my age or older are, are from that fatherless generation. My generation, the generation behind me, and the millennials. You know, they're all coming from that single-parent household, mom, no dad, mom, sister, aunt, everybody in the family are, are women, three generations of women. You know, you, you've got the average black kid being raised in a home with three generations of women. That's mom, aunt, cousin, mom, aunt, grandmother, no dad. So when they grow up, they have a, a misconstrued view of how a relationship is supposed to to to, to be. You know, God says that male and female created he, them, and then God blessed the union. Be fruitful and multiply. What is that blessing? Well, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So Adam and Eve this after he said that their union was good. But man says, oh, no, God, we don't, you don't know what you're talking about. We, we think that two men are good, two women are good. Well, we don't need no man at all. We, we can do it all our own. So this is why we have the feminist movement. We have the sexual revolution of the 60s. We, we have all these things, and look what we have to reap for it. Look at the fruit that we're reaping, the 80s, the 90s. All these fatherless children running around unloved, uncared for, 
And so they have all these psychological and emotional problems, all these complexes. I don't know who I am, so I'm going to seek it in a rapper, or I'm going to seek it. And this is why rap music is so popular. Look at Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne, and everybody else is trying to look like him with the skinny jeans and women with their young women with their obsessions with having big butts and butt yeah. injections and uh, you know weave and walking around looking like clowns. You know they're they're just you know looking like doinks. I, I call clowns doinks, so excuse the expression. But um, and when you they, they're hurt, you look into their eyes. And you see the anger, you see the, the 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 sense of loss, the sense of rejection, because my dad never loved me. My dad was never there for me. See, at father, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, we have fathers, Paul, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. I'm going to stop right there. See, a lot of fathers are provoking their children. What is the, What does it mean to provoke somebody? Well... You make them angry. You make them do something. So if I'm poking a bear with a sharp stick, then that bear is being provoked, and he's going to take my head off. I might become his dinner so because I'm provoking him to anger. I'm provoking him to attack me. Or if I'm in his lair, I'm messing around with his cubs, he's going to kill me because I'm provoking him. I'm, I'm invading his territory. So when a father leaves the home, you know, in this context, in, in that verse, in, in, the cha- in the fourth chapter, I mean, the fourth verse of Ephesians chapter 6, we have the word provoke, you know, provoke not your children to wrath. And what are these dads doing? They're doing the exact same thing that Paul admonishes fathers not to do. And how do you do that? Well, you leave home, fathers leave home. You know, they leave home. They don't marry the mother so they end up leaving, and so the mom has to take over a role that's not meant for her. God didn't make her to be no mom and dad. You know, mm-hmm. mom is the nurturer. Dad is the provider. Dad is to to guide the children to the, the truth and the precepts of God's word. And if, he's, if he isn't, and to give that child, set the example for the child, so if dad is there and intricately involved in that child's life, then he is showing that child, this is how you love your wife, if it's, if it's a male. This is how you love your wife. This is how you provide for your family. This is how you're there for your children. This is what you do. You're responsible. You're, you're providing not only uh, financially, but spiritually and emotionally. But Dad isn't there, and in the black community, it's a double whammy because not only is Dad not there physically, but he's not there emotionally. And so you've got all these generate, you got three generations of children growing up without that father, without that piece of a puzzle that makes it complete. And so now it's dysfunction. Every you know, everybody's dysfunctional. Everybody's got problems in relating to each other connecting with each other outside of sex. Everything is about sex, 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 sex. You know, you can't look at a commercial without a girl, you know, doing the obligatory turn to the side and her, you know, she's all hunched over. Or, you know, you look at Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You got the the the, the, uh, the young girl with the obligatory bathroom picture with her lips poked out and, you know, cleavage showing and her, she's turned to the side. Look at my behind. Look, you know. Being overly sexualized because I don't feel love emotionally. I don't feel 
accepted. You know, you're not going to love me for me as the person that God made me. You're going to just love me for what I can do for you, whether it's sexually, whether it's financially, whether it's whatever. And so it's no reason why when the nice guy comes along that understands this is rejected because that's not, it goes against their grain. It it, kind of just messes her up. So she's like, well, I don't understand it. So I'm just, she thinks it's something's wrong with it. Yeah. They do. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah. So I I think that um, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to the Bible and we need to understand <clears throat> what it is, what are God's precepts? You know, what, what what are God's precepts? You know, God's precepts are to obey the Lord, your, love the Lord your God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and, and strength. And we, we, we're to obey him. So... Um, and how do we obey him by, you know, young women, single women, we're not to fornicate. We're not, you're not to to stop dating Ray Ray and and Fluke and Doricell and, 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 and um, you know, all these other guys. You know, stop dating these thugs. Stop. You know, uh. We we you know we and us men we need to stop dating the hood rat chicks the chicks that you know every time you look at her picture she's got body parts showing you you don't need something like that because I guarantee you there's something missing yeah and you're gonna find that out after about the six months of the relationship sometimes even sooner than that so uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry for uh like uh, talking your head off. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not complaining. It's okay. It's 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 just, I understand. So uh, since more people gonna... would connect and interact mm-hmm. as we're supposed to as sisters and brothers. Yeah, we need to. You know, we we need to. So. um that in mind, uh, do you have any questions, comments, statements? I guess my it wouldn't. I guess I need. The, I wanted everybody involved with my question. Yeah, I don't know where everybody is. I guess. <laughs> I think they just said, "Screw it, I'm going to bed." <laughs> don't say that. What did you say? I'm going to bed. <laughs> I got time for this conference nonsense. I'm going to bed. I think they'll get used to it. I think it's, you know, we you don't give up. It's it's gonna take some time. You know, you know how we do, David. Mm, yeah. you know how we do. It's gonna take us some time, and when it really does, um, when we really, it, it, it's gonna really blow up. Right now, it's gonna take us some time because we're well, that's the way we are. Mm-hmm. It takes us some time to get used to stuff. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's just taking them some time. They have to actually get it, you know, acclimated to actually wanting a conference call and actually putting it on their schedule. 
And yeah. like I say, it's much easier for me because I don't have any small children. Right. I think the majority of them do. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not and they're sure. Younger. You can, you, the majority of them are younger. Mm-hmm. They're around your age. Yeah, so they're probably going to have young kids, maybe nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be young. Some of them are younger than that, because I see some of them when they post the picture. Some of them look like they're four and five years old. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them looked like it was a baby, maybe less than two. And so some of them, it's it, it, they they really they have a lot on their plate, especially when they're by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have any help from family or friends. It's just them. Yeah. It's just them. So they're not going to really have too much time for too much else. Not unless they... Now, a person that can manage... I don't know. I I can't say that because, you know, a a person that even knows how to manage his time, if you have small children, it's just going to be hard, you know. Well, it was... a mate there. I had one, so it was when it was very difficult, but I did it. I mean, mm-hmm. when you when you you have to set schedules, and which they probably do, and I think with Shakima, see, she homeschools her children. Mhm. So she's homeschooling the children, and I think she's a teacher also, and she does a lot of things. And the other ones, even if you have three and four kids, most of them. Um, some of them could be around the same age, like a year or two apart, but most of them might be some years in between. So you got this one that's about a teenager, and you got to take care of that needs. Then you got another one is about 10. You got different personalities, Mm -hmm. and each require different needs. And with school, someone has that actually help the kids with their homework, the ones that, you know, not homeschool. So it takes some it takes some time. Because you have to and then they have to cook for the children. Mhm. And then they may have to make sure they're bathed and in bed. Then they have to make sure they have their attire. I don't know if they go to uni- wear uniforms, but if you do you have to make sure the uniform is ironed. So they have to make sure clothes are prepared. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. And especially if it works, if they work. And some of them, I think, sometimes I think Monica, I think her shift is like an evening shift. Yeah, I think she works a third shift or something like that. She told us that. Yeah. So I don't know who stays home and watches the, ch- the children. I, I think. yeah. Um, he, she either has a babysitter or there's a relative that does it. I'm not sure. She never told us that. Yeah, so that's a lot when you have to work like that. It's 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 something. Yeah, my heart goes out to those single mothers that that do that. They have to make a lot of sacrifices. You know, so they just don't have time for too much of anything else. It is most difficult. I'm, I'm gonna be told that it's it's difficult, and that's what they're saying. A lot of them, some of them are truly, truly 
busy. And then some some of them are single because a lot of guys, they look at that and they look at the amount of kids, they look at the number of the children. You might not be able to handle someone with three or four kids. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't either. I, You know, from that perspective, I can understand where uh, these guys are coming from. Not from a moral perspective, but from a, you know, uh, I, I guess a, a, from a perspective of, of preference. You know, you you you're, you got a woman that's ha- not half your age, but maybe 10 or 5 years younger than you are, and you don't have any kids, but she comes along with three, four, five kids. And it's yeah. like, okay, wait a minute. You know, you got five kids. I'm pushing 40 and I ain't got none. Okay, you, you got to. So they're like, okay, nothing against you. You're a wonderful woman. God bless you. God bless the patient that it must take to take care of all those children. But I can't see myself. You know, I, I can't see myself because... Is not going to be a lot of time for us, especially if they're small children. And see, that's what a lot of guys, I think, are are seeing. See, you're seeing that. See, a Mm -hmm. lot of guys are looking at that also and saying they can't do that, especially if they don't have any. Right, right, right. And it's not fair... And, and and a lot of women get offended because they think, well, what's the matter with me? You just don't want me because I got kids. No, 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 it's not it. It's more intricate than that. What I'm saying is it doesn't have anything to do with you as a person. I know you're a beautiful person. You're, God has brought you from a, a long way, a long journey. He's done some miraculous things in your life. But what I'm saying is preferably I, you know, we're, it's not going to, you've got young kids, and yeah. it's not going to leave a lot of room for us at all. We're, we're not going to be able to get to know each other. You know, a relationship is two people, not one versus two, not one going up against the other. It's not one trying to, you know, struggle and pull and push and, and, and tug away. at it. No, it's two people. And uh, it's it's not going to really, it's not going to work. And that's what he and that's what a lot of guys say, you know. And I do believe that that's what they're looking at because um they have a situation right now with my um my um my uh, one of the partners. His sister-in-law met someone and she has a child and also her mom lives with her. Her mom is is disabled. She's in a wheelchair. And so the mom stays with her. Now, she met a guy. They've been dating. <clears throat> They've been dating for almost two years. He hasn't asked her to marry him. And, you know, her brother-in-law, which is, you know, the partner, Calvin is like, he doesn't understand it. You know, he should know by now if he wants to marry her. I told him, I said, honestly, I said, he's looking at, when he married her, he walking in a situation already with a child and the mother-in-law because she's disabled mm-hmm. and she takes care of mother. So it's not like 
it's gonna be hard. It's, it's gonna be hard enough for them to get along to learn to give each other space. Now you got a child in there and a mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a lot of men, I think, are looking at because they're looking at okay. Even if she got children, I got to deal with two children, or even if they're young. Now, young children require a lot of attention. If this mm-hmm. child is three or four years old, nine times out of ten, is is the child is probably spoiled and it's going to be under the mom a lot. So mm-hmm. he's going to have to pretty much fight for attention from the children mm-hmm. in order to to be with his wife. So it's going to be difficult, and a lot of men are seeing that. But I'm believing today, and because of the time that we live in, it's going to be very, it's going to be rare that you're going to find a woman around your age that has no children. Yep. <laughs> I agree with that. I, You know, I'm not going to sit here and be naive. And, uh, you know, it's it's the truth. It's the truth. I was on blackpeoplemeet.com, a dating site. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, my friend, she was on that. Well, she's, well, actually I call her like a, a younger daughter. She's like, how old is she? She's about 30, I want to say 33, 34. Mm-hmm. But she was on there. But, yeah, go ahead with your story. Yeah, she. Uh, I was on there, and I think it was yesterday or the day before that. And I'm, I'm just looking through, you know, the profiles of the ladies that are logged in on, on on the site, and the majority of them, I'd say about seventy to eighty percent of them had kids, were divorced, had kids, were divorced, you know, and then you know most of them were, some of them were un, you know, not married at all, but had kids. The most kids that I had, that there was one woman that uh, I saw, well, her, uh, her, uh, you know, her uh, page, you know, she had about maybe uh, six kids, no, not six kids, five kids. And I'm like, holy Moses, five? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, next. And then I, I you know, and then I saw this one uh, girl's uh, profile. She had about four living with one. I said, click. And then the other girl, she had about three, and living with all three of them. And I click. And then the other girl said, you know, she was legally separated with four kids. I'm like, oh, no, you're still married. Click. And then, you know, uh, it, it was just like, really? I mean, I I, I don't know. It, it's just like a lot of guys are just not, they, they don't want to deal with that, I guess. They don't. And that's another reason you think, oh, it's something wrong. Those guys looking at, I got to provide for her. Mm-hmm. And three or four children. And it's, it's I mean, it's, it's really difficult because yeah. some men don't want to marry you with one child, let alone two or three. Somebody with two or three kids going to have a hard time. Finding yeah. to accept that, and mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. That's the way some people think, and some men think. That's why a whole lot of them are single. That's why you hear, even with me, when I talk my age, 
his kids should be grown. Yeah. They should be grown. It shouldn't be any issues. Now, I have met men my age who want children. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling them, well, then you need to find somebody in their 30s that want to bear children. Well, that's a little risky. You know, women but women do have kids at, at 30, 32, but, you know, it, it starts to get risky once they start pushing 40, you know, like, like 36, 38. Well, yeah. not now. Most of them is more risky when they get in their late forties. Mm-hmm. Most of them now, I've known some ones that you know in their middle thirties and thirty some. They fine. It's it's in their late forties where you getting, you know, you start getting forty five. You don't probably don't want to have any more kids. Hmm. But Maybe I know not. a lot of them having them in their thirties now. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I guess every woman is different. You know, every woman's body is somewhat different. You know, but you know, those girls had. But yeah, you're right. Those it's going to be a, extremely difficult to find a woman that's my age that's got. You know, that doesn't have anything. Now, now there were some that didn't have any kids, and you know, she was one was 29, the other one was 32, mm-hmm. and one was 33. But mm-hmm. they were far away in California, Washington State. I'm like, I don't want to travel all the way out there. <laughs> ah, because I'm going to tell you, one thing I learned, if a man really want to be with a woman, he'll travel the world. Fine. Yeah. I know someone who met online. They're a friend of mine. He lives here. His mm-hmm. name is Jerry. Jerry, he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. And he met a girl, and she was in Texas. He traveled to see her. They traveled back and forth about a year and a half, and they got married last year. Hmm. And he moved to Texas. Well, Texas isn't all that bad because it's pretty much down, well, they considered that the south, but I think it's the southwest. But, um. But I'm talking about California, you know, and uh, Washington State and all that. I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the person. <laughs> I mean, sometimes people go out of state because that's where you meet a lot more people. Now, people say that, oh, on, they don't like online dating, but that's the way the world has become now. That's the easiest way to meet a whole lot of people mm-hmm. for a period of time. But of course, just like with anything, you have to be mindful, and you're gonna have to weed out the bad ones. But if you got discernment, that won't be a problem. Mm. But it's the way it is. Sometimes, who's who's to say the person that God has for you is actually going to be in Philly. You don't know that. Just like I don't know, I have dated, well, actually um, dated someone. They they were in Maryland. They drove here. It didn't work, but they came here a few times and we went out. (sighs) And it was in Maryland. And that's about two hours from me. 
I met people in Maryland, D.C., Texas. I got a friend that she met a person and in Missouri, and he flew here to see her. So it's it depends. Mhm. It depends, David. I mean, I don't yeah. know if they're gonna be in Philly. What's close? What's close to Philly? And then you might want to try looking at somewhere that's maybe two hours away. Uh, I think Virginia is about two hours away from me. I don't want to mess around with New York chicks, though. But um, you know what? what? It might be a lot of girls in Virginia around your age. Well, I've been to Richmond. I, I, I got stranded out there one day. I think it was last year. <laughs> you I got was, stranded in my neighborhood. It's yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, seriously, I was stranded because I have friends that live in Newport News, and uh, I was supposed to meet them out there. But, I don't know, um, it was a mix-up, and I got stranded at the bus station in Richmond. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to wait until the following day to go home. Uh, you know, because so, there were no more buses coming in, coming out, you know, going back to Philly at that hour of the night. So I had to wait until the following day. And so I hopped on the next bus, paid for my ticket, which was $63. And I hopped on a uh, Greyhound bus back to Philly, and I got home. But um, yeah, I was I was stranded in your area. See, that's a good reason why all of us connect. If just like Shakima said, even if anything, you have made friends for life. If you ever get stranded in Richmond again, you can call me. <laughs> I can call you. Yes, and said, I'm stranded. I said, oh, my gracious, David. And I, you know. Are you going to let a strange man stay in your house overnight? <laughs> oh, I ain't going to let him know. Well, we're going to have to get you a hotel. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> we'll get you a hotel, but i give you a meal and everything. <laughs> oh, okay. But that means that's why, like Shakima said, the next time she's in Richmond, She'll stop, and maybe we do lunch. That's how you get to meet people. You understand? Mm-hmm. So if something happens over time, Shakima knows. Okay, I know. Bad, we didn't have lunch together. I'd have been to her house. Bam, you can come. See, that's the way we're gonna have. That's the way we should do. Just in case, you always know if you're in that state or some, you'll know someone there. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. In case. Um, happened. We said, I said, oh, that's David from the group. Oh, he done got stranded. <laughs> yeah, I got stranded, all right. <laughs> and we'll know everything. I mean, and I know where everything is, and you won't have to be like if you're alone and you're not familiar with the surroundings. See, that's mm. what I don't like. Yeah, and I was totally unfamiliar with, with Virginia. I, I haven't been to Virginia in in. All right, last time I was in Virginia was what ninety five. I was going to a youth group, a youth retreat, or whatever it was called. So yeah, I, I think it was further than R- Richmond. I think I might have been in some town in Virginia. I think it, um, I, w- I wasn't too far 
Oh, wait a minute. Yes, I was, because I was... Because Williamsburg is 90 miles away. Yeah, I don't know where I was, quite frankly. All I knew was that I was in Virginia. I didn't know whether it was Richmond or what, or whether I was outside of D.C. or whatever the case may may have been. But I was in Virginia that year. And, you know, it's been 10, well, 95. Yeah, about 20 years. Mm -hmm. About 20 years. That's about 20 years since I've been there. And so I was totally unfamiliar with that part of the area. And so I didn't know, I mean, nothing happened to me. I just stayed at the the, the, the station, the bus station. And then the next day, um, I went to a, um, you know, I, I went to a, like one of those little Western Union things and I had to draw out money so I can get back home. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. With that, you know somebody's like, oh, okay. And then you at least be comfortable, be in a hotel. You can chat with someone you know. You won't feel like, oh, my gracious, I got stuck here. I got to find the Western Union. I got to get home. That's the reason why a lot of times you are supposed to connect with people. Yeah, because you never know what will happen. And a friend of mine had told me that years ago, I said, why do you like meeting so many people? She likes traveling from state to state. She said, you don't understand. Everybody you meet, there may not be a a love connection or you meet friends. Just in case you go through that state, you'll have someone you know. And I said, oh, that makes sense. Hmm. I say it makes sense. So that's why <laughs> that reason I think, you know, I was thinking we should, you know, connect. Because I know Shakim, she's in North Carolina. That's not far from me. Mm-mm. Well, wait, how far is North Carolina from you? About two hours. Oh. Well, North Carolina is about eight hours from me, I think. Mm-mm. Yeah, about- it's about a couple of hours from me. Oh, yeah, it's about eight hours. She's in. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Wait, I don't think it's eight hours. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm in Philly, to be exact. Uh, Yeah, it's about, I can take I-95 South. I know I-95 South will take me to where you are. And um, I-95, if I keep going down, yeah, I-95 South will take me to Florida, as far as Florida. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could um yeah, uh I I don't know how far, but I think it's about maybe four or five hours. I don't know if it's about eight hours, depending on what city she what city is she in? Um, I can I don't remember what city she's in. Don't remember. But I think it's North Carolina. Because I know she comes through here a lot 'cause she um over the last couple of months, no, last month, she she was saying I was through. She said I came through um, Richmond. Mm-hmm. And then she put on my page about, I want to say, a week ago, maybe less than two weeks, she said, Bab, I, I um, just left through Richmond. The next time I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. So she's going somewhere from North Carolina to Richmond through to somewhere else. 
she was going somewhere else, but she comes through this way a lot, it seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. A lot of people, that's the way they can connect. Hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. If you say we're going to be, you know, have Christian fellowship and you want to fellowship with people of the same like minds, that's what you you, you actually do. Mm-hmm. You can't do it if you're not going to willing to fellowship. Yeah, I you know, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that sentiment. I totally agree with that sentiment. But um yeah, so uh so it's a lot of people that it's a lot of women that live in the south. I, I think you should keep well, you you're you're in the cusp. Um uh but um uh, I, I know Shakima lives in 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 North Carolina. I don't know what uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know too many others that I can't remember their names anyway. I think they there are quite a few. You might want to um, check out. I mean, it seems like it's a lot of it's a lot of um, you know, young ladies around your age. Mm-hmm. In the group, a lot of them. Well, uh, do you actually think that they're probably reading my posts or reading, well, not just mine, but everybody else's? I think they are, just like I think the guys are also, but I think guys are more, to me, the type who sits, who they sit back and they read, they don't say too much. They're just looking at how a person posts or whatever. And then some of them, I think they're, some of them, a little bit afraid to probably say anything. But if you don't say anything, how are you going to know if the person actually is interested? Because all they can say is no. See, that's my thing mm-hmm. when I look at it. I mean, if, you, if they see someone, they... They're interested in. They can talk to them. The only thing the person can say is, "I'm not interested." Like, okay. Mhm. And it shouldn't be not no her feelings or anything. And it's like, okay, that person wasn't interested. Oh yeah, you know, I, nothing beats a try but a failure, right? Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. But I, you know, I think some people are already dating. Hey, maybe. And I think because when you did that post about who wants to be in a relationship, Uh some of them said that they were already dating. Yeah, I don't think I read those, but uh, I glanced over them, but I don't think I really, like, Mm -hmm. read them intently or anything uh, like that. Yeah, because I think some of them are, because some women, they, they, they've left the group, they said they're dating. Hmm. So they left the group. She was a lady, I can't think of her name. I told her, congrats. So some people are actually dating. Hmm. 
But some okay. of them are not. You know, like I said, some of them, you know, the men, even some of the men are dating because I remember this one guy, he put a post about his ex coming back and he dating somebody else. So some of the guys are actually dating. It's not, it may not be as many single people in that group as we think. Perhaps not. Probably not. Because some of them, some of them may be dating. But you know the ones who are not dating because they're the ones that, <laughs> you know which ones are not dating because, mm-hmm. you know, you can tell. But some of them who don't say much, they may be they may be dating. And if it doesn't work out, you know, then they'll let you know. Like it was one girl she posted about, being unequally yoked, and I'm thinking, so after she asked about that, and she said, thank you, now I know what I need to do, which means that someone, she was probably dating someone or think of dating someone who was not on the same page as she was. Mm -hmm. So I think some of them may have had dates. I don't know where, you know, where it's going or what they are is, but mm-hmm. you know, some of the guys I think they can at least I think be a little bit more forward because see, a lot of the girls are not actually going to ask the guys out or try to pursue the guys, so it's going to have to be the guys who actually approach the ladies. Mm-hmm. And some of them, I don't think they want to do that. What, some of the guys? It doesn't seem like it. I don't know. I I guess maybe not. Because the ones that do post, the guys that I see post, they don't say stuff like, well, you know, they, they don't say that. It seems like it's. They're afraid or they don't want to get, uh, they think some women have attitudes. That's why I'm thinking some of them won't approach them. Well, it could be that, you know, well, it is that, I think. You know, they believe that a lot of women have attitudes and they'll get shot down in a hurry or they'll get sliced and diced verbally you know, called every name in the book besides the child of God. You know, I I guess I have that that view, in, you know, to some respect because uh, I have been shot down. But that doesn't... Okay, have you actually approached any of the girls in a group that you liked or you thought you liked or you thought maybe you could get to know? Uh, I've approached... One, the other two, they approached me. But the one that was in there, I'm not going to name any names, but I approached her. She was on a thread, I think it was sometime over the weekend, and she sent me a request, uh, a friend's request, and never heard from her. And then she just came right out and told me, well, I'm not interested in dating. Okay, so what was the purpose of, of us, of you sending me a friend's request if you didn't want to talk 
at all. So that was that, and so I unfriended her, and then that was the end of that. Never heard from her. The other two wouldn't want, didn't want to be bothered, didn't want to talk, even though she said that I was interesting and I was brilliant and this, that, and the other. I'm like, well, okay, well, you're patronizing me in this, at this point because you're not saying anything. You know, I've got to, you know, coerce you into having a conversation. And that, to me, that makes me feel like I'm being desperate. So I had to let her go. You know, I had to kind of just unfriend her. I said, you know what, this isn't going to work because you're not saying anything. So you haven't any other one? Now, I know the one you said, whatever, but it's not any other girl that interests you in the group? Uh, not too much. They they have young children. And <laughs> Don't say that. Oh, you're talking about the, they have children. You like them, but they have children. Yeah, I, I don't really want to go ahead with that because she, you know they have you know she has young children and and you know it, it's not going to really bode I mean I, I'm not going to say it's not going to bode well if we were friends but if we were if there was a friendship and with the with the likelihood of us being serious then those kids aren't going anywhere they're still going to be around yeah so you know, it's not going to last long. With her being, you know, wherever she's at, and I'm being here in Philly, you know, we're not going to be able to do We're not going to be able to go out. We're not going to be able because she has kids, and I'm pretty sure uh, it's going to be really tough for her to find a babysitter. And then, you know, with all the things that are happening with children being under the supervision of people other than their parents, you think she's going to want to do that? No. Uh, well, not likely. So, you know, a woman without kids would probably be a little bit more ideal for me as opposed to a woman with children because children, because nowadays, you know, the women that are my age, are ha- you know, their their kids are really young. They're under the age of six. They're like they're six or under the, the age of six. And by that age they're really gonna they're at the age of dependability on them so yeah I, I, I mean know. for you to find someone around your age where you find someone with no kids you're gonna have to go younger how much you young are you willing to date well, i don't want to date anybody younger than than 30 really <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to date nobody in their 20s because they're still, their brains haven't even developed yet. Okay. Okay. So that's what, okay. So I know it's some girls in their 30s, but like you say, it's it's going to be, maybe if she's in her 30s, maybe she'll have one. Eh, maybe so. I mean, you know, she's not going to be eager to date me either because to her, I'm strange. I'm a strange, you know, she doesn't know me. And and so she's going to be probably protective of her child. And I can understand that. If I was a parent, I'd be too. But most of the time, David, listen, 
When you date a woman with kids, she's not going to automatically introduce you to her children. Not oh, being honest. I have met one girl that introduced me to her four kids on the very first day we met. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's not normally how it works. Most of the time, women who are what they say they are and do what they say they do, you will have no interaction with her children until y'all have actually have agreed to almost walk down the aisle because she don't want to bring children, bring men in and out her children's lives because they form attachments. Right. So right, most right. of them, you will not actually meet the children. Right. I know some people do that, but I personally don't think it's a good thing. Mm-mm. To be honest, I don't it's believe not, it's a good thing. And it's quite irresponsible. But she did that. She she did that. White girl. She uh, from all the way out in Lancaster County. The very first day we met, I met I met her kids. She had me meet her kids, and I'm sitting in the front seat, like, oh my god, she's gonna have me meet these people, these children. And all of them were, well, the oldest was about seven, I think, and the rest of them were all young. You know, they were were all young. And I'm saying to myself, why is she doing this, man? Why couldn't she just take me to home first, to to her place first? And then, you know, but she went, because she she was at, I, I, I don't know, I guess maybe the kids were at her relative's house or some girlfriend or whoever but she stopped by her their their house to pick them up while I was there and had me meet them. And so I was pretty much entertaining the kids pretty much the whole time I was there. See, most of them, most of them if they're in if they're what they say they are, you're not going to see their children. Because what they're going to do is if you say you're going to have a day most of the time you're going to plan ahead, which means they already have babysitters because there's no way they could have kids and not have a reliable person to watch them. So they do have a reliable person. That person will probably watch the children. You probably would never, y'all would go on your date. You'd never see the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because she's got sense. Yeah, that's the way it's done. That's the way I did it. That's the way it's done. I mean, if if the child is grown, I can understand. (laughs) But not little kids because you don't want to have them form attachments that may not last. Mm -hmm. It's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying most of the time, they would. They would have a, a, a. If you plan a date, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a babysitter. Yeah, they, they may. They. I don't know. I, I guess they. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I. I guess so. I guess so. But it's Trust just. Me, they, huh? will. they will. That's why I say you. I mean. I believe they will because that's the way I would do it, and I'm pretty sure most of them that are, you know, very good parents, they understand that they can't bring just anybody in and out their children's lives. Right. 
especially if they've been through a divorce, they're already dealing with that, so they don't want the children to form attachments, and then that person has to be in and out. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I was, in and out. I was there, and then she stopped talking to me because I was supposed to go back up there on the week of my birthday, but ain't heard from her since. Now, I did hear from her, and she told me that she had a, she was in an accident, and then that was the end of it. I ain't heard from her since then. Oh, okay. I haven't heard from her since then. Now, the day that she took me home, she we stopped by her parents' house, and, of course, the dad wasn't there. She her her mother was married, but the dad probably had to work that at that afternoon. So we were just there with her mother, and you know it was just like okay. The mother really didn't talk to me too much. She just pretty much talked to with her her daughter, and it was just terrible. So I don't know. She might have told her the day that she took me home not to have anything to do with me because she didn't like me, she didn't like my disposition or whatever the case may be, so that's probably why she just dropped from sight. But the day that we that she took me home, the little girl the old her oldest daughter told her, you know, Mommy, when am I gonna see David again? And I'm saying to myself, Okay, you had no business having me meet these children on the very first day I meet you. That is just the most irresponsible thing a parent could do. And then I'm and then she stops talking to me and then the children don't see me anymore. So they're asking her, Well what happened to David? I thought he was coming by for his birthday. And what are you gonna do? Curse her out, say all kinds of things to her? Well, she probably did. And I'm saying to myself, your your where's your head at? Your head's not if your head is on your shoulders it's not screwed on the wrong the right way. <laughs> See, that's why I said it's very, you know, most most of the ones, they're a little more cautious than that. They're not going to allow men around their children. It's not a good thing, especially, like you said, most of the time you'll probably never see them. And that way, if it doesn't work out, then the children haven't formed their attachment. Mm-hmm. And children form attachments easily, especially young ones. Mhm. So you don't want to do that. So most of them, I don't believe David they're going to do that. Well, if a woman that has sense, you know, she knows. Well, it's a lot. I could tell by the way the women talk in that group. Some of them, they're not going to allow that. No, because they all got brains. <laughs> you know, they're not. They're not yeah. They got common sense. They're not going to do that. They're not going to put that man. First of all, they're not going to put that those children through the agony of talking with this guy, and then he just, you know, I I ain't going to talk to him no more because he ain't got swag, so I'm just going to... And then the child has already formed an attachment to this man because, see, children see what we don't or don't pay attention to. Children are not abstract thinkers. They're concrete thinkers. So if you were to do something to a child that's hurtful or damaging... They're going to internalize it and turn around and say, well, it's my fault that I did that you did this to me. So that's why it's important to mold that child and to teach it right from wrong because certain things that a, that, that a child does or certain things that an adult does is not right. So it's not history because children are taught 
to obey their parents, right? Children are taught to obey authority figures. So it's very important for children to teach, I mean, I'm sorry, it's very important for adults to teach children that adults do wrong too. They're not any good adults out, well, they're not, you know, all adults are not good. Yeah. All adults are not good, but to a child, all authority figures are good. They don't know the difference between right and wrong unless we tell them. Now, when we teach them right from wrong and then their personality starts to be etched in stone, that's around 10 or 11, then they have a grasp from an abstractly the difference between, as regards to the differences between right and wrong. So they can tell uh, uh, that adult is being is full bull as opposed to a ch- uh, an adult that isn't that's just straightforward and authentic and, and genuine but to a child that's 4 years old he's not going to sit there and have a philosophical conversation with you that's not he can't he ain't going to sit there and talk to you about well yes the epitome of right and wrong is the equivalent of no they, they don't think like that and so that's parent that's the the, the 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 problem with parents is that they don't understand. So they 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 expose their children to any and and everything and then he's and especially if that child is inquisitive enough to understand what's being said, you know, to to have a grasp of language. You know, he's going to I was in a laundromat 2 weeks ago, 2 I think it might have been over the Labor Day weekend or something like that. And then this this young girl, 30 years old, walked in with her, well, she was already in there, but she had a child that was probably no older than maybe four years old. And he was repeating some of the nastiest lyrics to these rap songs ever. And I'm sitting there, I'm putting, in my, I'm putting my clothes in, in, in the washing machine, in the washer, and I'm shaking my head. I'm like, why would you expose your son to that? Because he's going to repeat it. And he did this, that, in, this, in the laundromat, loud. He was just mm-hmm. saying all, you know. And then, so the mother realized what he was saying, and she started laughing. And then she said, all right, stop, because she was getting embarrassed. Because, you know, it, was cr- some, it wasn't crowded, crowded, but it was a pretty good number of people in there. And so the kid probably didn't even know what he was saying. You know, so he kept repeating it, or maybe he did. I don't know. Children are smart these days; they pick up things so quickly. But my 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 point is that she was smiling and she was laughing, and she told the kid, "Shut up! You know, be quiet. You know, be quiet. You know." But I'm saying to myself, why would you expose your child to that? You expose your child to the most wicked rap. I mean wicked ungodly music and you just turn around and expect him not to repeat what he heard that's naivete on your part or stupidity so we have to be mindful as i'm not a parent but parents need to be mindful as parents not to do that because they internalize what they hear they internalize what they listen to when you tell a child he ain't never gonna be nothing he's gonna be just like his sorry behind that no don't do that because you tear down a person. Now, you have to tear down a, a, a child's will, but you can't tear down a, a, a child's spirit. So, you know, we, we need to be mindful. Uh, well, parents need to be mindful of that. You know, you can't just expose your children to everything because they will form attachments, like you said. And then that, that, that uh, 
adult is not there anymore, that the adult that he formed in a, or she had formed an attachment to isn't there anymore because you stopped talking to him for whatever reason. And so he's, you know, there's another deficit. There's another disappointment in his life or her life. And you don't know how damaging that is. It is. That's why I know I don't believe a lot of the uh, ladies in there would do that. I know they won't. You know, I know they won't. So, um, uh... I know you have to be up tomorrow. What time do you have to be up tomorrow? Oh, I get up every morning at around five. Oh. <laughs> I'm used to I'm I'm a morning person. Uh-huh. I'm a morning person, so most of the time I'm at work about a little after seven. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I should be hanging up right about now since you're gonna since five o'clock will be here in no time flat. <laughs> All right, look, I, it's all right. Most of the time, I sometimes I go to bed early. Now I have sometimes I've been to bed at like twelve uh-huh. and and one and gotten up in time because I haven't I I get a by alarm clock, so I set the alarm clock and it just automatically wakes me up. So I'm I'm used to a certain schedule, so my body works well with it. And so I um I also wanted to talk to them because my church this evening I did not go cuz um they had Bishop Noel Jones speaking at my church this evening. Hmm. He was there at 7. Mhm. And that's what I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to talk to them about cuz they had, I I see a lot of posts about the mega pastors. Mhm. And I want to talk about that. <clears throat> oh, I see. Yeah. No. Because I, I see a lot of posts about that and, you know, and I heard when y'all were talking, when you were, you know, talking about with Crefo Dollar, when he asked the um, congregation for the airplane. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I was just wanted to just, just talk about that basically about you know did you know we do well I was hoping more people would be on here but do they really believe that you know pastors should be prosperous at all and what were their thoughts on that man ain't nobody on here so yeah we're probably going <laughs> to that I think that would have been a good conversation because I wanted to also, because I know I mean, most of the prophets in the Bible were prosperous. Mm -hmm. You know, Abraham was rich. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I wanted all of us to talk about that and see that, you know, did you really have a problem with them being prosperous or what was the problem with the mega pastors? Right. Well, doggone it. Um, I think everybody forgot. I think everyone just simply forgot yeah, about we it. We can talk about that next time. Maybe, you know, that I think would have been a great topic, don't you think? Because I noticed that everybody has been putting up little stuff, little, little stuff about, you know, mega pastors and, 
somebody else had put up something that Cressa Dollar had had, had said, mm-hmm. um, and it's just I just was curious. Well, Creflo is a. I think he's a false teacher. I, I think he's leading his congregation on a wrong path. He asked his. He requested or asked his congregation to give him sixty-five million dollars so he can buy a private jet. And I'm saying to myself, okay, these people can barely afford to turn to to, to pay their bills, and you're asking them for sixty-five. And they gave it. <coughs> they did because. One thing, and see, that's another thing I wanted to talk about because do I are because I wanted to know are a lot of people worshiping the pastor or are they worshiping God because because I um somebody had made the I mean they had a question one time on the on the board about would um. How, you know, do you need to see your pastor every Sunday? You know, uh, when you go there, you know, how how do you feel about your pastor if he's not there? Do you have to have interaction with your pastor? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them say yes because I need to, you know, see my pastor and everything. My thing was no. I'm going mm-hmm. for the word, and that's what I, you know, I wanted to talk about because I, I think maybe a lot of people, when you see the mega pastors, I think a lot of people have started looking at them as their source. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you can tell the way some people talk about them that they forget. And they're just like, oh, I'm here because of, you know, Creflo Dollar. Mm-hmm. They think only of him. And for you, right? For my thing is with him, I'm pretty sure he's very prosperous because he done made a lot of money off of books, uh, book deals, everything, conferences. So I'm pretty sure he had sixty five million to buy his own plane if he wanted to. Right. <laughs> That's the problem I have with that. He could have purchased the plane himself. But yeah. they said that whenever he asked the congregation for something, that they do it. Now, here, one, and, and, and that's why here we've had problems like that. A friend of mine, I wanted to tell him about that. Her church, the pastor... Um, wanted a new car. He wanted, most of the time, they always, well, pretty much her pastor was asking for stuff. And so they had decided, wait a minute, we pay you a salary, then you got to have this, you got to have that. So don't you know he actually took them to court to be able to get what he wanted, and the judge sided with him saying it was that they had to provide him with this new vehicle. Wait, Creflo took his congregation? No, not, this is not Creflo. This is somebody else. Oh. And so this is the kind of stuff, the way it's written up, the way pastors, um, <clears throat> the way their contracts and everything written up. This happened 
in my city, in Richmond. Right. Where he actually took um, the church board to court to get his way. Mm-hmm. So he won. But when you win, you also lose. It splits the church. Right. Because a lot of people left because they didn't think it was fair because they were saying they're driving cars that are five, six, and seven years old, and every mm-hmm. two years he want a new car. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. So, and it is. I mean, it, it. but then what does that say? Are we worshiping the pastor when we do things like that? When you feel like your pastor should have a new Porsche or your pastor should have this, mm-hmm. or in Cruffo Dollar case, he should get his $65 million play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's man worship, it's idolatry. Yes, so that's what I wanted to talk about because a whole lot now, I don't have any problem with nobody being prosperous mm-hmm. because there it, God wants us to be prophets. We're supposed to be, you know, our father's a king. Mm-hmm. I believe they were prosperous in the Bible because I think I read that Jesus had a treasurer. Had a treasurer. What would you need a treasurer for if you didn't have money? Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's, I'm looking at it as when it comes to the mega churches, what are they really? Are we have we gotten away from what we're supposed to be doing and start worshiping all these mega pastors as opposed to what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah, I think that, um, like I said, it's nothing short of idolatry, and um, you know we we have. I don't know. It, it, to me, I just think that nowadays that the word of God, I mean, the, the gospel is being neglected. And so now we have pastors preaching another gospel. We have pastors that are not staying true to what the word of God says and the word of God teaches. And as a result, we have weak, nominal Christians that are just focused on the here and the now. And um, I, I spoke about a little of that and because I, I do another, I do another conference call in another group that I'm a part of, and well, it's a, it's a show, and I, it's uh, I'm doing a Bible prophecy series called Cult Explosion, and I'm doing part two tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, me and a friend of mine and his wife and a few other people that are on that are members of this group. Uh, we're uh, going to be on this show tomorrow talking about it. So uh, I did it Monday. I started the, the show Monday, and we were talking a little bit about the Word of Faith movement and a lot of other various cults and the various pseudo-Christian factions like the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons and uh, Mary Baker Eddy and the Christ- and Christian Science, um, all those groups that... And I named those for a reason because uh, cults, um, there, there are two factors that we have to look at when we're studying cults. 
one thing, cults love to diminish or totally deny the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Number two, cults love to diminish or deny the sufficiency of the Bible. Either they use it by extra-biblical revelatory knowledge, or they do it, or they add um, another book to it, like maybe, um, or some type of substitute form of knowledge or some form of, of um, uh, like, for instance, the book of the Mormons with the Book of Mormon and the Jehovah's Witnesses with this um, Watchtower Society. That's what I was thinking about, yeah. Yeah. And, and number three, you, you've got cults that um, have an exclusivistic mindset. All the other churches are apostate, and we are the ones that are going to make it. We're the ones that are going to make it into the heaven. We're the ones that are going to make it into God's kingdom. All you peons, all you so-called churches out there, you're, you're not going to make it. You're, you're going to hell, or you're going to be annihilated, because Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in the, the biblical teaching of hell. They believe in the doctrine of what is called annihilation. You're just going to be obliterated. So... That those are the, the key factors in a, in a cult. And then another key factor with a cult coming from a sociological perspective is that cult leaders use manipulation. You know, they use fear tactics, shaming, and manipulation. They're very manipulative. You know, yeah. yeah, they're charming, they're charismatic, they have a strong personality. But if you don't do what they want you, if they don't, if you don't, for instance, if the cult leader decides to have you or tell you to go out and do whatever, or give me, uh, give, or he instructs the, the members of his congregation to to give a certain amount of money, and if they don't do it, then he'll get up in the pulpit and start telling them all kinds, saying all kinds of things, telling them that they're going to hell, God's never going to bless them, you curse with a curse, all these things. So that's. Another uh, key factor with cult leaders is that they use fear-based tactics, shaming tactics, and manipulation to try to get their congregations to fit or to do what they want them to do. And that's what we kind of talked about Monday. So, yeah, that that's the, the key factors in, uh, you have to look for when you're dealing with cults. Yeah, I, I do understand that because, like I said, I with the here we have a lot of Jehovah Witnesses, and they actually have a convention here every year, mm-hmm. and they actually have built a, a pretty size, um, um, I guess Jehovah Witness Center or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, on my side of town, but you know, it's not really that far from me. So they've, you know, they're they're pretty set here, and and they're always here. They're always knocking on doors. Most of the time, I don't even engage. When I open up, it's okay. I told them I'm not even gonna read it. Mm-hmm. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> I can't, you know, I don't know what to tell you. So they'll say, oh, okay, and I'll just go ahead, you know, and and shut the door. But the Mormons are also here. 
and they constantly knock on your door. Mm-hmm. And we're used to them, but I'm not. I I I don't understand because, like I say, if it's not in the Bible, I can't relate to it. And this man John Smith and all that. If it's not in the Bible, I can't. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they'll say, "Oh, okay, all right." So it's it's just that you have to understand with them. They're gonna, like I said, they knock on the door. They'll find somebody who does not understand who will sit there and listen to them. Mm-hmm. But most people, if they sat in their religion and they understand <clears throat> what they believe in. They don't really engage them. They'll say, if it's not in there, it's not going to work for me. And they'll say, oh, okay. And I was like, they said, well, do you want me to leave? No, you don't need to leave me in the literature because I'm not going to read it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what everybody does here. Now, I know a few Jehovah Witnesses. I had an uncle who was a Jehovah Witness. Mm-hmm. So I do know people who are Jehovah Witnesses, but that's that's I can't I can't account for them. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is because I know some, and we don't even because they believe what they believe, and I believe what I believe. Mm-hmm. So we don't even discuss that. Because hmm. there, there are quite a few here. Like I said, they're they pretty much there. They have a big whatever it is, and then they have a big convention. Mhm. Yeah, and, I ran in. I ran into a Jehovah's Witness when I got stranded in Rich in Richmond <laughs> last year. <laughs> I mean, she just came out of nowhere. No, oh, that and and the thing is, if at first. It was nothing but women, and they had the women out there knocking on them doors every Saturday. Now they're getting more men. Mm-hmm. Because I, I always assume that oh, that Jehovah Witnesses is a, is a church full of women, because most of the time it were it was only the women knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. But now. I see a um a few more men. And I can't say they persistent. That's what I can say. Yeah, they're very persistent. If you just tell them right off the bat, you know, I'm not interested, then they'll leave you alone. But if you engage them then their 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 job is to proselytize you. You're not gonna nonetheless you're really, really um captivating in your message. But they think they're saved, so it's very rare that you're going to get them to believe what you're what you're teaching them, what you're telling them. Oh no, I don't expect them to believe. I, you know, most of the time, if you ask them, if you believe that, you know, if you start talking about Jesus, they're gonna leave. Yeah, they're, they're gonna, they're not gonna, cause he, they, they have a different Jesus. <laughs> so they're not, they, they're gonna go. You know, they don't believe Jesus Christ is God in flesh. They believe Jesus Christ is, is, is uh, I don't know, a God, or he's not God the Son. He's not 
God the, uh, the Father, rather. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, God in the flesh, but he's a God. And they also believe that uh, there is no hell, and um, they also believe that um, there is no Trinity, there's no Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You see, that's the thing, Sue. So if you tell them that, they're gone. Because if I tell them, okay, well, do you believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? They're gone. Mm-hmm. They was like, oh, okay, well, then we can't talk. Hmm. That's that's all you got to do. You believe in that? Mm-hmm. Or you, you know, <laughs> and that's all you got to ask them. Do you believe, you know? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe He died for your sin and through Him and all? And they, they, then that's saying you know they're gone. They're not gonna even engage. Mm-mm. So that's all. You, that's that's basically all you have to tell them. Yeah, and then they're gone. They, they, you know, they're not gonna really engage you too much after that. And so that's that's and so most of the time they don't look for that type of person that um that reads the Bible. They're looking for most of the time someone who has not even probably picked up a Bible. Yeah, that's pretty much what they're looking for. And that's the same way with the Mormons. Mhm. I just and want I- to introduce myself. <laughs> This is Cherie. I was just listening to you guys talk for the past couple of minutes, so I really don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't want to be rude and interrupt, but I was like, well, I'll let them finish out their conversation. Oh, hi, Cherie. Hey. Hi, Cherie. I, don't know. I didn't I don't even know. see your name on here. I'm, I'm looking yeah, at the, the graphics. I, 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 like on the, um, on the um, Facebook page, my name is... Um, it's either Mariposa Cherie Lewis or Lewis Mariposa Cherie. It's one of the combinations. It's something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know you were on the call. I didn't see anything on here but East Virginia. I guess maybe you guys live in the same area. But I'm looking I at live, the graphic. I live in North Carolina. Oh, oh you're in North Carolina. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see Beverly. that. Huh? I'm Beverly. Peace and blessings. Oh, thank you. And and where are you guys from? I'm from Virginia. What part of Virginia? Richmond. Okay, I was just in, um, I went to King's Dominion this past summer. Actually, I've been to Virginia twice this year. I went to Virginia Beach, I went for a concert, and then I went to um, Doswell to take my, I call them my kids, but my niece, my two nieces, well, basically one of the nieces, I took them to King's Dominion, so, but I consider them my children, but they're not. And my sister makes sure she reminds me that they're not, but <laughs> I still tell people that they are. <laughs> it's so, okay. Yeah, but, um, so, yeah, I went to Virginia twice this year. I really enjoyed it. Um, but basically, I guess you could say I, I usually, like when I go to New York, because I, I take um, – we actually have this thing in here. Here, one of my friends does, and it's called um, bucket list trips. And it's when they take you to New York for a whole day, 
and I usually pastor Virginia. I pastor, um, if you're familiar with Davis, Virginia. Mm, no. No? Okay, so that's where we pastor, but, yeah. And is the uh, is the guy David, is this David, too? Yes. Mm-hmm. And where are you from? Uh, Pennsylvania. What part of Pennsylvania? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh, okay. All right. I think I stopped through there on the Amtrak, but, you know, not enough, just enough to say I've been. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I'm so, not too far from neither one of you. Um, I'm, I'm about two hours from Beverly. She lives in, she's in Richmond, and I may be around, you said you were seven. in North Carolina, right? You're, you're, you're about, about seven. Se- uh, yeah, I'm about seven hours from you. Yeah, you're about seven hours from me, give or mm-hmm. take about seven hours. Because you're yeah. right straight down I-95 going south. <laughs> correct, correct. That's that's right. And then you would pull off on Highway 70 to get, and I'm right on the highway. <laughs> so that's about it. Um, I don't know, what were you guys talking about? Uh, I, I we get were... so upset when I can never, because I know you post the numbers on um, the the um, Facebook page, and I can never find the time to get on there. Something always pops up. Hmm. And uh, I was able to, because I thought you were done with it. You said you did an hour ago. So I was like, well, he's probably finished, but you said you weren't. So that's good. Now, what were you guys talking about? Well, well Beverly was asking me a question about um, Creflo Dollar and and all okay. and how if if prosperity was uh, promised in the Bible or something of that sort. And so we just got into a topic about uh, cults, because I, I, this isn't the only conference call that I do. I, I do another conference call in another group that I'm a part of. And uh-huh. we we just got finished talking about cults. I'm doing a Bible prophecy series, and we just got finished talking about, I called it the cult explosion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're doing part two tomorrow, well, at least I am, and I'm going to have guests on the show, and we're we're going to continue what we started Monday night. The only reason why we didn't finish it Monday night was because it was late. I started mm-hmm. the program around uh, eight four, uh, about around nine o'clock, and he had to be to work the, the very mm-hmm. next day, so I had to cut it short. But uh, yeah, we, we're talking about. Um, you know, and, and that's when, how we got into the whole topic of cults and what are the main features you look for when dealing with cults. And I already cults. said... When you say cults, what do you mean, like... Like cults. A, a cult, in, in in essence, is a group or a sect or a faction, if you want to put it that way, that branches off from a main religion and they... Um. Take you know like a, you have a monolithic religion like Christianity, and then you have cults that break off from that, okay, and then they start. You know, yeah. So like so, the different religions you're talking about that people. Um, yeah. What 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 like makes Baptist them, and all that stuff? Well, well, Baptist is their their denominations, and oh. yeah, their their denominations. But there are Baptist churches that can be cults. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a name, but, you know, you've got Baptist denominations that turn into cults. It depends on the person. It depends on the leader, mm-hmm. you know. But but the main features you look for in a cult is a charism- uh, a really strong 
a, a leader that has a very strong personality that's manipulative and charismatic. And uh, okay. you, then you've got uh, cult leaders that think that they're God. You know, they have yes. they, they have delusionary. They, they, they're very delusional. They think that they're Jesus Christ, or they think they they're an angel from from heaven. And oh, I see what you're saying. Because um, I guess I've never seen where um, they've said they're God, but I have seen where they'll say, "God talked to me and told me to tell you this," and "God told me to tell you that." I've actually been in a church. I don't know if it was a cult or not. I guess you could say, but um, I was in this church for twenty something years, basically. And he would say what God told him. Um, I asked him to do something specific in the church, and he told me um, maybe. <laughs> and I had been faithful to the church, and at the last minute, he said I couldn't do it, and that kind of upset me. Mm-hmm. And um, he told him that the Lord told him three times that I couldn't do it. And then, you know, he would always say, God told me this, God told me that, God told me this. So the Lord obviously told him I couldn't do this duty for the church three times. Um, I don't think that's the Lord. Why did it take three times? But anyway, um, all, I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't work like that, but um, also his daughter left the church, and he said he didn't even know she was going to leave. I said, oh, so the Lord didn't take three times. Because <laughs> I'm just like, if, if, if you're saying you're God... And you're saying that the Lord is telling you this. and t- Well, how come he didn't tell you that your daughter was leaving? How come he didn't tell you that your son-in-law was leaving? How come he didn't tell you that all your church members were leaving? I mean, but he wants to tell you about what I can't do for the church, but he doesn't tell you about the people that are closest in your family. Like, are, are you sure we're talking about the same God? I mean, the one up there? I mean, you know what I'm saying? But, um... He was a micromanager, and so mm-hmm. I feel that that was a cult because of the simple fact that I, mean, I might as well tell you, I wanted to play the piano in the church, and he said, maybe. I need to hear you practice first. He's no, He doesn't know anything about music, but anyways, I practiced whatever, and he was okay with it. When the day came for me to play the piano, his wife came to church, and she said, Emily, what are you playing? And I'm like, well, why is she asking Emily what is she playing? I'm the one that's supposed to be playing. And when I walked down the aisle, he was like, you can't play. The Lord told me three times you can't play. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, really? So, But I can do the sound. I can sing. I can teach the kids their um, Bible. I was a Sunday school teacher. I can be the Sunday school teacher. I can teach the kids their songs. I can do all that. But I can't get behind your uh, behind that keyboard. Nope, okay. Sorry. And the thing is, his daughter was a keyboard player. She had left a couple months before because, well, her husband was tired of her dad. I mean, he was tired of that, the micromanaging. Hmm. He was tired of it, so they went and got their own church. And, of course, I go to that church now, but um, still. But um, he even told me, he said, well, if, well, he told my grandmother. My grandmother was upset. He was like, well, if my daughter ever came back to the church or my granddaughter ever came back to the church, they wouldn't be playing either. Lo and behold, a whole year later, his granddaughter comes back to the church 
And guess who he was playing? Her. I said, and guess what he was preaching that day? The truth. I said, ain't this a bunch of nothing? You're going to preach the truth today, but yet you told a lie? It's a whole big story. I don't want to bore you with it, but when you were talking about cults, I completely understand because I feel like I was brainwashed the whole 20-something years I was in church. Mm-hmm. That's what basically I think he was trying to say because we have to. I, I remember one time it was this guy who said he was. Um, I cannot think of his name, but he said he was Jesus, and all the people followed him, and they end up committing suicide. Oh, yeah, him. Oh, that you're talking was about, uh, um, Jim Jones. Jim okay. Jones. Yeah, that was so in uh, Guyana. And, and and a lot of times I see what you're saying when it comes to church. That's what I wanted to talk about. What we were talking about. A lot of times, I think people idolize the pastor mm-hmm. instead of going to church for the word like they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, and I've seen it here, where whatever the pastor says, they they, they go along with it. it. It doesn't matter. The pastor can say, God told me this. Because I had a friend that... The pastor came up to him and said, well, God told me to tell you X, Y, you know, was telling me. He said, well, the pastor said God told um, him to tell me that I need to do this and I need to do that and everything. And I was like, oh, really? And he was like, well, don't you believe it? I said, well, no, because my thing is, that God knows me personally. We have a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. He wants to tell me something. He got my address, my email address, my cell phone number, my home phone. It seemed like he would have told me. Yeah, absolutely. And it, so um, that's I, yeah. why a lot of times we fall into that, and that's why a lot of times sometimes we can get discouraged because we basically – have put our faith in this man. And so anything, that's why him and I were talking about um, Creffel's dollar when he asked his congregation for $65 million for this plane. It's just that you get to the point that, okay, whatever he wants, he got it. Mm-hmm. Because this is how we feel about him. And that's why I was saying, well, if we're doing that, if they're doing that, isn't that idolatry? Are you worshiping Crefilladala? Are you worshiping him instead of worshiping God? Yeah. And when you were talking, yeah, we when do- you were talking about um, the pastor, I I kind of do believe that the pastor can give you a prophetic word. But my thing is, I'm going to go back in my Bible and read. Anything that the pastor tells me in church, I always write it down. I always go back and read because if he gives me a prophetic word, he tells me God said this. If it doesn't line up with the word, I'm gonna I'm gonna call his bluff because if he tells me, well, just this is what my old pastor used to say: the altar's for the sinner. That is not even this. I mean, excuse me. He said the altar's for the saints, and and I, and I used to believe that for years. I used to believe for you. I'm not saying that saints can't go to the altar, but uh, it, initially it was it was for the sinners. 
But he used to say little things like that, and I've learned now that anything, any prophetic word I get, I'm going to go back in the Bible and make sure it lines up with the word. If it doesn't line up with the word, then I'm not. I'm going to. I, I'm not going to listen to that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but I, I believe that they can give a prophetic word. It was Creflo Dollar, but he, I don't know. I, I guess he did. I did hear something about him asking asking for sixty five million dollars. And something that my mother has said once, she said, you know, if I was in a position where I was a leader of a mega church, and I have to travel all over the world. I wouldn't mind having a jet to get from here to and fro, but I wouldn't be asking my congregation for the $65 million. I would just, you know, find other means. Uh, he has a salary, I mean, you know, but I understand that he has to get to and fro. He has conferences to go to. He has a lot of events he has to go to. And I know people say, well, he can take a regular plane, but, you know, when you got to get there in a hurry, <laughs> those private jets kind of help. I'm not saying that that is right. I'm just saying I see why he would want something like that. But to ask your congregation for that much money to test her faith, it's not ideal. Yeah. See, see, that's what I said. I didn't have a problem. I was like, I just figured, like, since Creflo Dollar, I'm pretty sure he's pretty wealthy. He's made money off of conferences, books, tapes, everything. Oh, yeah. He and can TV. pay the $65 million himself if he wants to play for his private use. Yeah. yeah. That's what we were saying. And and most of the time, that's all I'm saying. I understand he has to get to and from because, you know, you don't have to walk the way Jesus did. You don't have to mm-hmm. take You know, a lot of people say, well, he could have just rode a donkey. Jesus did. <laughs> well, he you can't do that today. So I understand. I don't have no problem because he has to get back and forth. I'm just saying he could have paid for it himself. Yeah, yeah. I believe he absolutely (laughs) could have paid for it himself because, you know, when you don't show up to conference, people pay all this money to see you. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't show up, you know what I'm saying? So I see the point why he wants a private jet so he can get there when he wants to. He he can bypass all these people. He just can get on the plane, go over his word quietly. I understand all that. But to ask your congregation for all that money, that's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think I would ever do that. I would just, if I couldn't afford it myself, then I just, maybe I don't need it. But um, And people say, you know, oh, they, these preachers, they live in these big houses. Well, you know, if you <laughs> if you have a big house, I mean, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I don't, I, I, I think I have a house that's too big for me, but I, I inherited it, but um you know, there's a lot of rooms in here. Maybe if I have children, I would it would grow. But so I don't really think about. But um, a lot of people like uh, what's the other lady? Um, oh, what's Meyer. her name? Joyce Meyer. They talk about yeah, Joyce Meyer, Creflo Dollar. All of them have mansions and all this stuff. But I, the way I feel is well, they're bad news yeah. because they 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 teach and we're not even talking about prosperity now. They teach another gospel. And what I mean by that is they don't, you know, the Word of Faith movement is that that's what they're called. They're, they're a part of the Word of Faith. They're Word of Faith teachers, which is the Word of Faith movement is an offshoot offshoot of the Charismatic movement, and they teach that Jesus Christ, you know, as a matter of fact, Creflo Dollar even said in one of his sermons that Jesus Christ was not God when he was on the earth, but he was a man. That was anointed by the Holy Spirit, and He came to show us how we can <clears throat> how we can uh, achieve things with by faith. In, in, in other words, 
you know, he, um, Jesus Christ turned water into wine and all this other stuff, and he did all these miracles, but he didn't do them because he was God. He did them because, well, he was sh- trying to show us what we can do if, if we have, with the anointing. If we have enough or, faith, yeah. Or you have enough faith. And so that's what makes them dangerous. You know, and they, they also believe that we're little gods. And so if we're little gods, then we can change our atmosphere by the words that we speak. That's what they mean by faith. And another thing about cults is that they understand Christian, they use the same terminology we use, faith, salvation, sin, hell, all that. But they they change the meaning of those words, of those terms. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. faith to them is a, a substance that we can, you know, you heard of the, the scripture in, in Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hopeful Absolutely. or the evidence of things not seen. So yep, the according, to Creflo, yeah, according to Creflo Dollar, I mean, according to Kenneth Copeland, faith is the substance that, you know, faith, our faith is what we, you know, when the, the, the words that we speak and those words that we, those faith-filled words, in other words, they're, it's a force. And those faith-filled words that we speak Produce the the you know the the things that we're asking God for. In other words, they can we we you know those things that we're asking for, those things that we're believing God for. If we have enough faith, then they can be uh, placed into existence by the words that we speak. Mm-hmm. That's what they Absolutely. think faith is. But I mean, my thing is, I never really got heavy into what other people. What I mainly do is if I hear or or overhear or read something I agree with and that lines up with the Word of God, I, that's what all these books, they can come out with a million books on self-help, but the main thing is does it line up with the Word? If it doesn't line up with the Word, then it's false teaching. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. I mean, if it does not line up with your Bible, if it does not verbatim say this, that, and and that, and it does not line up with your word, then you need to just throw it away. Now, Joyce Meyer and Creflo Dollar and that other guy, Eddie, what's his name? They've all said some, something very encouraging and, and that I believe in. They've said things I absolutely believe in. But then again, they've said things I don't believe in. Right. <laughs> and I have to account for my own soul. So I might hear things they say, but as soon as I hear something that I don't believe in, I just don't cut them off because they say one thing I don't believe them in. There are things that they say that I have taken into my heart that I agree with, that it lines up with the word. But then again, they've said things I don't agree with, and those things I pluck out because I don't want anything. Cause just like the Bible says, there's a, time, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time to pluck out, <laughs> okay? And that's how I feel like if they say something that lines up with the word of God, I'm going to take it in. But not everything. That's why you have to... You have to really pray for your shepherd or any shepherd because they are the ones that are teaching their sheep. Every sheep needs a shepherd, and you have to pray for your shepherd just as much as you pray for your sheep because I know your shepherd is accountable for his sheep, but you're accountable for for, um, who's giving you the word too. I feel that you're accountable for who is giving you the word. If you... Um, go to a church where they're like lackadaisical. They let you do whatever you want. They let you come in with whatever you want to 
do and all this stuff. They have no structure. I believe, I'm not saying I believe in a certain religion. What I'm saying is I believe a church should have structure. You just can't come in off the streets and say, oh, I want to be a minister. And they just let you come on and just start ministering at the pulpit uh, and all that stuff. I believe that, you know, you have to have a clean heart. I mean, that's what David said. David said, created me a clean heart and renew. You have to have all that. You just can't come in there just because, you know, I believe there should be a little bit of structure. I understand that, you know, people don't believe in cults and stuff, but I still think that churches should have some type of structure. You just can't be coming there and doing whatever you want. That's not that's not even how the Bible set up uh, set up anything. The Bible is even set up on structure. Even praying is structure is structured. Uh, like I know, even when um the Lord's prayer is structured, you know um. So you know you start out prayer with thanking God, and you end prayer with thanking God. It's even struck like I know um what's that the Lord's prayer um. How does it start off? Our Father just, who art in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. Exactly. That whole prayer is a struct. It's a structure on how you should be praying. Our Father who art in heaven, how be on it. You start off acknowledging Him. That kingdom come. You pray for the kingdom. You pray for different things. That people think that you just pray that prayer and oh, I'm good for the day. I'm going to bed. Now, actually, that prayer is a formula for how you should pray. First, you start off with this. Then you should do this. It's just. Not saying you have to, but it's uh, you know that's where you should begin at. Uh, if you're especially if you're a new baby in Christ, that's where you should begin at. And then you know when you get a little bit matured, you know you can go on and you know some people are really good at being these great prayer warriors and stuff. But you know you can start off doing that. But um, but yeah, I I've I I, I have listened to. Joyce Meyer and them on TV, I have, and it's just, you know, she, she's, she's, she's got a good word. She comes from a, a rough background and stuff, and, but um, you know, and she's had some good. I've read one of her books before, but, you know, but there's some things I don't agree with, and you're not gonna agree with everybody, everything everybody says anyway. But, anyway. That was a lot. <laughs> but um Well, we, we were gonna um like I, I was gonna try to structure the uh the, the call on like questions and answers. I, I guess oh, I'm try sorry. to do something different. Yeah, I, I was just gonna try to do something different. Um oh, so yeah. if, and, yeah. and anybody have any questions or 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 whatever or I mean I guess we can just ask each other questions and you know, <laughs> provide those answers to the best of our abilities. And if we don't know, we just don't know. Uh, well, when I came in here, I heard you guys talking about the Trinity. Uh-huh. So, um, and I know a lot of people believe in, you know, different things, but what do you feel about the Trinity? Do you believe that is three separate persons, or do you believe those are three manifestations in one? Well, um, the the Bible... Of course, the word Trinity isn't in the script in the Bible, but the mm-hmm. word Godhead is. That's the the, the correct doctrinal term, and, or the theological term, if you want to be more specific. And that consists of God, one God, existing in three persons. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So you've got one God, and you have <clears throat> three persons that are total that are 
eternally distinct from one another. And what I mean by that is that all of them are God. The Holy Spirit, they're just as equally as God as God is. Jesus Christ, he's, he's, just, he's the God the Son. He's equally as God as, as God the Father is. But there's no intermingling of the natures. When God, uh, when, when Jesus Christ came to the earth as a baby, that's called the incarnation. He, God put on flesh and so he was like man, he was like you and I, but he was God. He, there was no, he didn't stop being God. He didn't stop being um, <clears throat> um, all-powerful, all-knowing, but he was a man. And so there was no intermingling of the two natures like a lot of religions teach. A lot of religions teach that Jesus Christ, yeah, Jesus Christ existed, but he was just a moral teacher that gave us tidbits of knowledge and wisdom here and there but he was just like like for instance the nation of islam you know they'll teach that jesus christ never well god never had a son you know jesus christ was a prophet that taught little little nuggets of truth here and there and he was uh next to muhammad then you've got um the new age movement that teach that we all have the the, the, god, the christ consciousness in us so you're a Christ, I'm a Christ, everybody's Christ, because we have the Christ consciousness within us. Then you've got the Mormons that believe that Jesus Christ was in, in the I'm, devil I'm or sorry, spirit. I'm going to I'm gonna have to actually cut this call short. My mother is calling, so uh, it was nice uh, talking to you guys. I really want to do this again. Okay. Uh, whenever there's another time, David, just make sure you post it. I, I, I will. All okay, right. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beverly, right? Beverly. Yes. Okay, you guys have a good night. Okay, you do the same. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's what the Trinity was. So since he's off the phone, I can't continue on with my answer. But, yeah, that, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you came in, see? I'm yeah. going to pop in. <laughs> yeah, pop- I didn't even see her. Her, because uh, usually I see her name in the graphics, but I didn't see nothing. So, okay, I thought maybe because we were just we were just talking, so I thought maybe she just you know we just kept on talking, and she was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, but um, it is getting quite late. Yeah, I guess it is time. Yeah, so I'll try to do an even better job in trying to schedule these conference calls. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, hopefully we can do this again, perhaps. I'm pretty sure we will be able to do this again. And by then, I should be finished with your book. It shouldn't take me long. I'm a quick read. Okay. Well, well thank you for purchasing my novel. Oh, your novel is good. I'm one, you gave me the one side, you know, I have that. Then I think I'm going to have to, oh, we're going to have that Bible study. for. Mm. I probably won't be able to read anything until after November after this because it's going to be from, I think, October the 21st to, through November. Something Shakima is doing for the women in the group. We're having a women's Bible study. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. well, you know, uh, Godspeed with that, and uh, tell Shakima when you, if you get in touch with her, that I said hi. Well, I can 
do that myself since we're yes, friends. Yes, you can do that yourself. You need to tell the ladies hi in the morning, David. Yeah, I'll I'll do that if I'm up early enough. And I I went and looked. I think she she doesn't have any kids, David. Who? The girl with that that was just on here. She doesn't. Nope. Yeah, she's uh well. If she remembers the kids, they are not hers. They're actually, her niece or something, her nieces and nephews. She called them her kids. Oh. Yeah. She had kids. Oh, and she doesn't have any. And I pulled up her. She's real cute. I think she's around your age. She might be younger. Oh, okay. As long as she's not 23, then we can work No, no, no. She doesn't look 23. Oh, well, good. Because if she's like 23, 24, nah. You ought to be shaming yourself. No, you didn't. No. I thought you saw her picture. I think she's cute, David. I I saw her her uh, her uh, page. Um, I I don't know how old she is, but I, I think don't. I, I think her. she's around y'all age. Oh, thinking. I know she's not mine. Hmm. Oh, I'm thinking she's around y'all age. Hmm. Well. Yeah, because she looked. Um, yeah, I think she's around your age. Because when I looked at it, I pulled her up just to see who she was so I would, you know, put a face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, she, yeah I'll uh, see if I can say something to her, I guess, uh, yeah. hi or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I know who she is. So, yes, I mean, it's a lot. See, that means people are paying attention. Yeah, they are watching. They are watching. So I guess maybe I could do this. I'm probably going to have to do this next week. Yeah, it's going to have to be probably next week. And what you're going to have to do if I were you, I would remind them every day. Mm-hmm. If I was you, I would remind them every day that um, hey, we um, we're gonna have uh, this going on, and we're gonna have this actual, we're gonna have this um, you know, conference call. So that way, you can let them know every day. So they'll look forward to it. Okay. Sometimes we, you know, they forget. You know, people forget. Mhm. So that way you can remind them. Yeah. Her name okay. is Mary Cherie. Yeah. Cherie. Okay. Yeah. She well, doesn't look that old. She. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I'll, uh, yeah. She. She doesn't look all that. <laughs> Oh, I'm not gonna tell her that though, but Yeah, she looks young. Mhm. So she got um I'll, I know she got, uh, Yeah. I just pulled it up. Say that again? I just pulled up her um picture. Yeah, she looks young. Very nice. Well, yeah, I'll I'll talk to her. I'll try to talk to her and you know, if she's not too busy. 
Yeah, you know, and that's what you need to do. Put yourself out there. Say, how you doing? Thank her for coming on the call. Maybe say good morning to the ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. But it's been nice talking with you. And Okay. And uh, I will talk to you very, very soon. All right, David. Good right, night. Good night, Miss Beverly. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.